Welcome to Marketing Money Podcast. Roll it! Marketing Money Podcast at marketingmoneypodcast.com. This is John Oxford talking fast today because we're going to do this one fast, not really. I'm here with Josh Mabus. He's making weird looks at me. I'm making weird looks at our call-in number. Ah, because we may have a guest today, but what's new in the world of the world today? We are going to have a guest today. How about that NCAA tournament? You always want to make it about sports. I'm, I'm going to give you this one today. I didn't watch it. You didn't watch it? Was so, it curling? So you want to make curling? it about sports. No, it was swimming this weekend, actually. <laughs> The Lady Vols got seventh in the NCAA swimming tournament. Yeah. They did. Congrats. See, see, I know what's going on in the world of sports. As long as it's... Yeah. Did you see golf this weekend? I did see a little Rory bit of golf. Rory McIlroy? Yeah. Six holes in a row. Six or seven birdies on the round. Mm-hmm. He did really well. I was like, Tiger did well to about they're 16. They're normally, you know, 72 holes in a row, but he birdied six in a row. That's That's true. That's true. He almost eagled when it kind of lipped out. He was just kind of looked in disgust because yeah, like, you know <laughs> shooting a sixty-five is horrible. Yeah, you're gonna complain about it. Yeah, but yeah, uh, basketball. We had UMBC. That's the big um, Baltimore Community College. University of Maryland backup college is what when they played Maryland. That's what somebody had in the stands. Speaking of Baltimore, what's happening in Baltimore in September? ABA Bank Marketing Conference. Yep. Yay. I'm actually going to go. I, you know what? We're going to invite them to go. I'm going to invite. I'm either going to invite their Twitter guy on the podcast, but but the conference should have that guy at least do something. It was pretty good. He was a good tweeter, but I'm at least going to go have lunch with him and buy him a cup of coffee for being so Twitterly tweeter. It was good. I will bet you. I will bet you right now. I actually, meant how to, much? To text how much? What are we betting? Eighteen dollars. $16. Yes. Because that's the code to my heart. Nah, I'm not looking you in the eye for the rest of this podcast now. <laughs> that's a song lyric for those of you unindoctrinated folks out there. I will bet you that after the tournament and after everything is cleared, some administrator in the school is going to sit him down and talk to him and just be like, well, now, Billy, uh, it was really fun in the moment, but but you know that really doesn't represent the the tone of the of the academic portion of this school. Oh, uh, you mean the school that no one had ever heard of? Until right. But but somebody, I guarantee you, somebody will do it. Because I texted you during the game and I said I would love to see the Google stats, and because Josh is basically a magical magician on the keyboard, he whips up the Google stats and sends me, and they went from like oh, I got a thousand a day to like. Hundred thousand Google searches. In I forgot what it was. He he, like it was. It was ridiculous. It was six thousand before the game or something followers. It was and the forty five. It was 40, a hockey stick. Yeah. basically. I think it was forty five thousand by halftime. But I will bet you some short sighted administrator, academic mind, is oh, this isn't exactly what upholds our academic uh, virtues of the school. I nah. I just hope this continue doesn't continue. I will bet it. Mm, Sixteen twelve, gonna get a free lunch. With extra dessert for sixteen twelve, right? 
I'm gonna move my coffee over here so I don't Josh hit the is mic. Coordinated this morning, but uh, oh, I coordinated all of this right here, all that you see with Bobby. I think Bobby did it. You just sit in the chair and put no, it I coordinated. He did the work. I coordinated. Oh, okay. That okay. means sit there and watch. Okay. Well, congratulations to the teams that made it to the Sweet 16. Loyola of Chicago, I hate you today. You can burn in somewhere for all I care. For they beat, beat they beat the Vols. They did, and they shouldn't have. They had one point. What are we going to talk about today? Because we keep rambling about a sports podcast. Do we need to talk about something people want to listen to? Because we're not Mike and Mike in the morning. If they're still even a thing, they are. Yeah. I think it's a different one. Mike is different though yeah. now. Yeah. Um, they actually speaking to Mike, so that would be four mics in the Mike morning. and Mike on mics and mics. Mm. See, we should market that. You know what? We are going to have a guest today. You said we might, but we will. Mm, his name Mike? His name is, I can go get you a mic. I can get you a Mike and a Michael. They're right across the hall. Mm, I like it. Lead web developer and Can one you of, get a Mikhail or a Michelle? Nope. I think Mikhail came in like 10th in the Russian Vladimir Putin there race. There three Vladimirs. <laughs> one Boris and two Serb somethings. I don't know. The names were very Russian-y. The, well, because it is Russia. <laughs> Surprise. Surprise! Yeah. We do have a guest, Mr. Hunter Young. He happens to work at the Mavis Agency. It was very difficult to secure. Yeah, it's hard. It's real hard to find guests for the show. Well, we're doing a little bit of a test. So, you know, we're, we're big fans of testing, A-B testing, um, multivariate testing, standardized testing. Drug testing. Drug t- No, we will never do one of those on this podcast, even though we are drug and disease free. Healthy as a horse, not a drip. <laughs> but we're going to talk about something that is important yeah and overlooked or done incorrectly yes email mm, love it email love email yeah it's the best thing ever <laughs> it's just it's like i can't wait to open it in the morning i can't wait you to... get a lot of you get a lot of crappy email though i i am the king of craptastic email. You were the Inuit um, something of cold call well, emails. When your name is on every press release for a $10 billion bank. And your email address. Because when I'm address. prospecting banks, guess what I go look for? <laughs> you you kind of become the, uh, the the spam of all sales calls uh, for, Mr. The, for the bank. Mr. Oxford. We would like to talk to you about This your... is also an administrator from um, U- oh, I had UMBC. One from, I had one from Kellogg School the other day. Want me to go get an executive MBA? Just look me up. Oh, go! I was like, what? What? No, you. Don't. But you. Well, you haven't uh, masters, but whatever. It was. I was like, leave me alone. And then the next one is, oh, we have this special A/B testing thing. Oh, we have this cloud services. Oh, we have this branding thing. And I'm just like, do you think I'm just not doing any? That, that's my. That's my thing now. I want to ask folks, do you think I'm just not doing anything? Just sitting here looking at me, Mo, going. You know what? I would really like someone to make a logo for me. Mm-hmm. Glad you showed up. So let's. But it sounds like sour grapes. Let me pop in real quick and talk about a funny story because I want to tell a story real quick. Okay. A couple years ago, I got this this cool idea that for all the cold, cold call emails, cold emails I was getting. Can you call them cold calls? Yeah. Because it's kind of cliche, but cold emails I was getting, I was going to have a a set signature response to them, set up where I could just hit it and it would instantly respond. And so what I decided to do is my time is important. And if your time is important to you as my time is important to me, then you could pay to have my time. So I set up a response that said for it had a three tier system. And the first tier was for $50, 
you could have a call with me within two weeks. For $100, you could have a call with me within a week. And for $200, I believe my math's right, it was 50, 100, 200, you could have a call within 24 hours. But I wasn't making a profit. You had to donate it to the United Way. And so I thought it would be real funny. Who would actually take the time to do that? Well, the first person I sent back their solicitation with that response, PayPal'd me 150 bucks to talk in a week. It was awesome, but then I realized that that was in complete, <laughs> com- complete uh, opposite of any rules. I'm allowed. Like, like I was basically out of bounds. Yeah, because you, I mean, if you were a, a private business, yes, but because yeah. of banking regulation, yeah, even were, even though it was going to a good source. Yeah, so you uh, can't force somebody. So it was sort of a joke that everyone took seriously. So the two or three people that got it. And so I just refunded their money on PayPal and said, you know, I I will respect the fact that you did it. And we had a call with them. And then thanks, but no thanks. No, bye-bye. But my point was, I thought I had created this really cool thing where I was going to raise money for nonprofits for my time so people could pitch me on their, their products and wares. And yet it was completely against company rules. So we had to shut that down before it even got started. But all signs point to one word, value. <laughs> I was going to say it. Yeah, well, you value, value, value. It is. I mean, so there wasn't value in the email content. So then you put a monetary value on it, which for someone else, you because I'm not do. a greedy, right? Whatever, right? But what's it worth to you to talk to me? Like, hey, if you're just gonna, you better bring it if you're gonna spend 150 yeah. bucks. And I will give them the respect that wow, they're really gonna donate to charity for my time. Yeah. So here you go. And then obviously compliance like, Johnny, you can't do that. Yeah. So Johnny refund. Johnny refund. Talking value. 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 High value email with Hunter Young, formerly uh, First Bank of North Carolina. Hunter is a spam expert. BB&T. He knows how to cut through the spam and get an email in front of you that makes sense, has good content, and delivers value. His, his nickname is the Spam Cutter. Oh, yeah. Hunter? Welcome to the podcast. Spam cutter. Are you there? Thank you. Good to be here, There's guys. a delay. Just you have ham, ham, it, ham it up with you. Uh, it's actually spam it up with us. Ah, yes, there it is. So everybody thinks that spam stands for spiced ham, but it's actually shoulder pork ham because the... I thought it was space meat. Nope. Not space <laughs> That's your nickname. Oh, space meat. <laughs> Oh, so give us a little overview, <laughs> John. No, <laughs> space beat. <laughs> We're gonna have to hold hold for a minute while John oh. composes himself. Oh. Uh, <laughs> space meat is back. <laughs> I want you to spend a third of the time on just email right now. Like, is it dead? And then and then just transition into four banks. Yeah, well, I think I think probably the last ten years, uh, I've read a hundred articles on why email is dying. Yet we now get more email. All of us get more email than we've ever gotten before. So it's clearly not dying. Um, I think that's that's clear. Uh, I tell marketers to do this activity because I think it gives us perspective. Um, on actually what's a, a good email versus a bad email. So if you if one day you just uh, keep a notebook, a little notepad next to your computer and keep a tally of emails that you actually read versus ones you, quote, skimmed versus ones you just purely deleted, 
keep a tally of those and what type of email they were. Was it a pure marketing promotion? Was it one of those classic sales emails um, from a cold sin, you know? And or was it just a pure informational email? Keep a tally of those and what kind they were. And it gets you, it gives you a lot of perspective on what is actually read, what's actually paid attention to. And those, those numbers you often see in email systems and you get really excited about open rates and click-through rates and whatnot, it gives you a little more perspective on what actually might be an accurate rate um, uh, for what those are too. So it, email is still very alive, but it's not um, – it, it's obviously, like everything, become more noisy than ever before, more competition for attention, and more of a reason to get a lot smarter with it email can't die right i mean it it, it is a, a valid and and um important communication medium we're not it's not going to go away until it something replaces die. it if it is aol.com it can die well i mean providers can absolutely what's better hunter aol.com or hunt or hotmail.com at the end if you want is it hotmail or aol which one's Hot, better hotmail's <laughs> defunct now too or are, are getting rolled out uh, they're all dead I'll be honest. If you have that on your resume, get a Gmail because you're going to get judged pretty hard uh, if you're applying for a marketing job with See, this, that speaking, type of email. Speaking of Gmail, I would love to somewhere be able to put that I was in one of the like first gen invites of of Gmail. Like I, I think just having a Gmail, like there should have been a different nomenclature for that first um, first round of people, so I can show off that prestige. Mm. Oh, yeah. Early adopter. Yeah. I, I begged for an invitation. Yeah. So, Hunter, let's get into the meat of this, the space meat of this. What what can make the e- email content better? Because I think that's where it falls off is it, so much of it doesn't connect with the person you're delivering or people you're delivering your email to. And as we know from every marketing thing you go to or attend, it's content, content, content. So give us, school us on some content. So let's, let's, uh, let's take a, a couple examples, which I like to talk about, and that is the classic auto-generated email out of a core system at a bank. You get this, you might get this, it might be related to online banking, and it literally is a basic HTML email that comes out of some 1995 core financial core system and it says welcome to you know our bank's online banking and it has four bullets about you are now registered for our bank's online banking and we have these four things in our bank's online banking e-statements you can transfer money you can pay your bills check balance and that's it yeah and so that is an email you got for signing up for online banking. Oh, by the way, then you proceed to not receive another email about anything related to what you just did, a behavior you just said that I actually am opting in to your bank's service, and yet you're not going to communicate with me outside of this one vanilla, dry, static, meaningless email that doesn't give me any Anything good, any learnings of any sort. Yeah, I mean, but it, I mean, that's just sort of the standard. I mean, it didn't. It does that come out of just banks not valuing the system, or, or I guess the lack of creativity. Well, I don't know if it's. I, I think it's deeper. It has to be with the fact that you have this resource that you, the core that you paid 
a lot of money for that you know is important, and then you just squandered that. I mean, I, I guess my question is, how did that happen, and how can we get back out of that? Is it did it happen at a time where there was a, a level of CEO that didn't appreciate technology because of that that generation, and then maybe another CEO came in after that, and they, you know, it's just kind of gone now. It's not for me to think about. I've got things to think about, so I'm not going to go back and do that because that seems to me maybe how that happened. It kind of fell between a generational gap or something. But um, what do you think, Hunter? Yeah, I think uh, I think it's probably twofold. One is uh, you've got where uh, structurally in a bank where systems and communication have actually lived. Um, a lot of communications that happen with customers actually live in banks outside of the marketing department. And you see this a lot where most marketing of them, director, chief marketing... Most of them, yeah, most of them. So you see a lot of this stuff where emails are flying all around from all different either core or peripheral systems that the bank has tacked on over the years. Chief marketing officer can't get a hold of his or her communication because of that. I mean, there, if you've ever done, if you've ever been a bank marketing director and try to do an audit of all the communications your customer base receives, that's a really, really challenging thing to do. And, um, and it's a hard thing to stay up to date on. So I think that's one issue is just systematically and structurally the way things are organized isn't ideal. The other one is more about, okay, take systems out of the equation, just understanding basic good triggers in your marketing and what you should be doing is another thing. And I think, the there's not a good grip or a good uh, amount of data around the behaviors that bank marketing departments have access to. So uh, if you're flying blind and don't actually know in either real time or almost real time when someone's signing up for these services and being sure to get communication out, that's, that's actually a data issue. Um, and that kind of sits alongside that structure well, and... Well, that's something issue. that I can speak to directly or get John to speak to it with a little bit of setup is um, in, in, a, in a bank where email uh, communication hadn't really been abandoned, but, but just what you're saying, uh, relying on the disparate sources, the, you know, the mortgage CRM sends out one and then the uh, DDA onboarding sends out another one and loan sends out another one. And we don't really know what all people are going. Um, what we were forced to do in standing up an email program was just send out a more universal message i dare say a generic message but we just had to get a message out in front of people because you didn't want to send um i don't know just to pick on my normal product a safe deposit box email when somebody just opened one and you didn't know it a lot of it has to do i think with you're competing with every brand and company that the person interacts with whether it be their power utility that emails them something or another bank or their their current employer and all the things they do. And so you're part of their life that's trying to interject into what they need to know and what you want them to know about banking. You got to get through the can spam act. You got them opt in. They're also getting, most of them will be getting uh, electronic statements, e-statements. So they're already getting emails from you that are sort of meaningless. We looked at the open rate of those and it's ridiculous that People don't know bank statements anymore because they almost have a real time tally. Yeah, they have a PFM or, or a MIN or just or whatever. their phone and their online banking. So they've got a they've got a, a, a no somewhat, one's reconciling. Yeah, they've anymore. got a somewhat real time ledger going. You know, it's it might be delayed a few hours, but 
so the statement other than for tax purposes or business purposes in the in the background you know is already old when you get it but my point in telling that is you're getting bombarded from your bank even if the bank doesn't have an email program just because of the certain from bill pays to whatever so I guess to back this up, you really have to look at what value are you giving the customer, one. And two is, how are you setting that up? Uh, and Hunter mentioned measuring it with open rate, click through, all that. But then on the other end, what is it? Because some people don't need a HELOC, and some people don't need a savings account. and some people. So you've got to get to the point. What I was moving to is, is segmenting, is I think, is just as important as the content. Right. Hunter, what using the data... <laughs> You know, this is unwieldy for a lot of people. We can't even track down the and audit the communication streams. How can we get a, a hand ar- around the data, and what can we use just to get started? Yeah, I think so. You know, data's a puzzle. It's big. It's messy. Uh, we all we all get that. So, uh, how do you start small and make some some decent improvements on that front? I think number one is as as marketers, you got to get comfortable with the idea of segmenting. I think some people are like, well. We'll get it out. You know, it's an important update. It's a big campaign. We've got, we got summer, you know, student savings accounts, and we've got HELOCs in the springtime, and we got to get it out. Um, and so there's, there's got to be, there, there's got to be a willingness to segment number one. Not it, it, it can actually hurt you by sending out 30,000 as well, as opposed to 5,000 really well targeted and, and thought through emails. Um, the other piece to that is uh, product data. So I think that's a great place for every bank to start with. Banks have actually been using that data for a long time, just saying your basic gap report, you got this, you don't have this. Um, that's something every bank has. It's not that difficult for IT to pull it. Um, and at very least, you can get that data in your email system so you know this user should not get a a buy a home email when they literally originated a mortgage within the last you know year. They don't they don't need it, so don't send it to them, um, and, and don't be satisfied just shotgunning things out there. Uh, the other data point I, I would point out is use email data. So that your system, your email system, is actually telling you when they opened, when they didn't open, when they clicked something, when they didn't click something. And you can use that same information to inform the next send, either to an interested group or an uninterested group. Uh, and that's that's something not enough folks use. Well, you know, even on that data side, I mean, I sound like the curmudgeon, but yes, it's easy for IT to pull it, but we're talking about disparate systems and aggregating that data and make sure that we consider what the mortgage system is putting out. Which is which is normally a different system than the core from whatever else we might be using, like a I don't know, like a chat bot or whatever. I don't know something else that's just communicating with a customer. Any tips on aggregating that data? Is there anything new in technology or old <laughs> that we're just not using that we can tie some of that together and build triggers off of those disparate systems? Oh yeah, I mean, there's a lot you can do. It starts with your core, which should, in theory, have the majority of that uh, base information about your customer. So if at the very least, you should be able to get out of your core a lot of those those key points, the, the DDA, the loan information, um, online and mobile hopefully exist in that same core. So again, you can get a baseline profile of a customer just using that 
when you start talking about tacking on peripheral systems like a mortgage or a wealth or some other type of treasury services system or a rewards platform, those things that requires that requires just a different skill set. So there are data warehousing and other tools you can use today. But I guess I, I would caution folks to to not get paralyzed by that either. You know, don't feel like you have to have this amazing data quality before you can send your first email. Um, it's okay to improve along the way. I mean, you do advertise to folks in a manner where a lot of folks see things that they don't need to see. You can get incrementally better at email over time as well. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing is, you know, even against my own point earlier is, well, if I don't get it all together, I don't do anything. And and I, and I guess I would point to what, what we even did with Renaissance in the fact that, all right, we couldn't necessarily target yet. So we even tailored our message so it was, again, a little more generic just to start. And then from there, having started about six months in, then we began to segment and target as that data came together. It was a bit like driving, uh, building a car while you're going down the road, but we were doing something that didn't alienate anyone and was and, and we were gathering that behavioral information from the email as well. So what are, what are our takeaways, Hunter? Get a hold of the emails that are going out today. You know, audit your communications as much as possible. Understand people talk about customer journey mapping and whatnot. Uh, whether you've done that exercise recently, email is probably a part of that. You probably discovered a lot of communications that go out through all kinds of processes. Um, but be able to at least know where these things originate. Spend some time with your IT departments and get to know what's coming out of some of these systems, maybe as a marketer you were previously uncomfortable with. Uh, the second point is around getting a hold of your data. You know, it's product data. Uh, there's behaviors that folks are doing that can inform the emails you're sending. And then there's system, email system data that can actually tell you whether they opened it, they didn't open it, they clicked. There's things that can inform what you should do next. Um, and then the, the last point is just making your content better. Uh, there's probably a lot of bank marketers out there who have begun doing some form of content marketing today. They might have articles, they might have videos, uh, they might have motion graphics, whatever they have find ways to use that data and actually have a fun conversational email that goes out to folks that actually want it as well. See how they respond and then give them more of what they want. And oh, by the way, if they say they want something or you have to actually ask them sometimes what they want. So don't be afraid to ask your customers, are you liking these emails? Do you want more like this? Do you want less like that? And use that data to inform what you do. Uh, going forward as well. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, there, there's so much more, and, and not saying this to you, Hunter, but to the audience. Um, but I have had the pleasure of reading... A lot of emails. Well, that and a deep dig that Hunter has written around the subject of email marketing. This is the most blatantly self-promotional I will have been on the podcast up until this point, but expect it to ramp up as we go. Maybe. I don't know. Hunter wrote an email white paper. John loves white papers. Side note, segue, hint to getting my business. If you send me something that says it has a white paper in it, you out. Well, John is one of the 1% in more ways than, than one. <laughs> uh, okay, out you there. know why? Because I can't read. <laughs> 
It's been this whole time. He's actually been ignorant the whole time. Yeah, I can't read. He couldn't read for the big silver spoon in his mouth. That's right. He never, That's he right. Never hey, my middle name's Sterling. It is. So it all goes together. Anyway, Hunter has an excellent white paper by the time we drop this podcast. Hopefully it'll be out. Uh, we'll put the link in the um, in the link. The link in the link. Yo, dog, heard you like links. I'll put a link in your link. And as a joke, I tell, I say I don't read white papers because I'm trying to make other people not read white papers. So then I read white papers and I'm actually super. You're, you're ahead of them. Uh, yeah, you're, exactly. You're gaming the system. It's it's a complete reverse. Speaking of gaming the system, I have to ask while we have Hunter on the line, because he didn't get to weigh in on the NCAA tournament and he's got a team or two in it. <laughs> or had, had, had a team. I don't know. Um, I'm leading my bracket right now. I just got a. I got an update in the middle of the podcast that I am leading. I am superior to my group. Hunter, how are you doing? Um, I'm sufficiently busted. So how about those Tar Heels, I, I, Hunter? How I, about those Tar Heels? Woo! Listen, listen, listen. Um, as, as a recent national champion, which I understand is is rare for a number of other. Um, Teams, conferences across the country. Participants I, uh, on this podcast. <laughs> I have a, I have a, I have a grace period of at least a couple years post championship where I'm, I'm comfortable, and, and like, I'll just say that this year I'm comfortable. This is like a good stretch after a, after a workout, right? I mean, it's just we we wanted to prove that we could be back in it. But I mean, how? So, so your bracket is busted. I'm not going to pick on the Tar Heels. Um, we've got. Johnny North Carolina up here, yet unaffiliated somehow with any of the twelve schools from North Carolina that were in the tournament. Well, hold up, now I chose Duke to win in my bracket. Well, I did too. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, guys, come on. Yeah. Hey, they still in it, dog. They still in it. They yep. might. I mean, I know you don't want to hear it, but I mean, they might win. So, villain, Villanova's taking it home, guys. The that villain, the villain, the Villanova cannot. I, I don't know. I don't like it, but but you might be right. They're, they're they look pretty um, good. Hey, what do you feel about U, UM, USMBC? Are they even still in it? Is Villanova in it? I think they lost, didn't they? They did. They lost. But <laughs> hey, that's a that was a great story, a great one. And honestly, the best part about it, as a Golden Retriever owner, uh, my dog watched the end of that game, and he was engaged. <laughs> the Retrievers. Oh, hey! By the way, I think we have confirmed that Villanova did lose. There, there's no. There's they lost a, last night, didn't they? Yeah, they're out. Villanova and Virginia are out. The only number ones left are Kansas and and. and no, the, no, Villanova. Villanova's still in it. Who is the other number Xavier one? Xavier lost. Who? Xavier, Xavier lost. Oh, Xavier. Yeah, X going to give it to you. Yeah, they're out. Yeah, that's right. They're out. We stand corrected. Villanova is still in it. Villain. Villanova. Well, That's cool. Right. Yet yeah. another Marketing Money podcast in the books, guys. Thanks for having me on, guys. Well, thank Thanks you for the time. Yeah. Um, excited about it. Uh, more to come on this. We're, um, we want to uh, bring our listeners in to this. We want to hear more from them. There's only so much um, chicanery that uh, John and I can uh, subject your ears to. So much. I'm just getting warmed up. <laughs> I said so I'm much. Stretch. My chicanery is stretching right now. I ain't gotten in the <laughs> it's game. It's out in the parking lot. They ain't gotten in the game yet with my ch- ch- treasury. Yeah. All right. Well, since you're uh, Silver Tongue Devil over there, <laughs> take us on out. All right. Well, you've heard about email. You've heard about space meat. You've heard about spam. You've heard about space balls. So let's end this and get out of this space. Bye.
views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual participants and do not reflect the official policy or position of any financial institution or agency, Renaissance Corporation, Renaissance Bank and its affiliates, or the Mavis Agency. For more information, please visit marketingmoneypodcast.com.